George Kritikos here to talk to you about the Player Raider podcast. Along with co-host Ryan McDowell, we leverage the DLF player valuation tools and help inform you on your dynasty roster strategies. Whether you're joining a new startup, rebuilding a team, or maybe you're just not quite at contention level yet, we help you understand player values and how to really drive your team forward as dynasty owners. Tune in and enjoy the show. Dynasty Crossroads. My name's Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. I'm normally joined by my co-host Jake Anderson at Jake Anderson FF on Twitter. We are part of the DLF family of podcasts, and we both write and do graphs and stuff. Uh, DynastyLeagueFootball.com. Um, unfortunately, Jake can't make it tonight. Um, as anyone who's listened to this knows, I take every opportunity to harangue, harass, and uh, make life a living hell for Jake, but he's got a solid gold plate reason for not being here tonight so i'm afraid we can't do that so it's just me um i don't know if we're gonna get to record next week because it's you know christmas and the week after that it's new year's and we both have said that we probably need a break at some point just uh just to kind of recover <laughs> from the weekly grind so i don't know when we're next gonna get to podcast together so i thought i'd try and do another solo show just in case we can't fit another one in before the new year just to say merry christmas happy new year to everyone and get at least one last final podcast out before the end of the year for sure but i can't be sure so this may well be the last one so check in next week keep that subscribe button mashed and and we'll try and get another one to you um if not before the new year then as soon as we can after that but for now it's just me um which i hate because i honestly enjoy jake's opinion um i need i need a counterbalance to my own um if nothing else and i was really interested in his opinion on a few of the players he put in our poll this week um but since it's just me i didn't want to delve in just onto one player um i find that less valuable and it's just one opinion on one player i think the counterbalance of the metrics and film perspective me and jay both bring um uh works better when you're just talking about one player at a time so instead i thought i'd try and give um my take the two line take um on all four of the players that are in the trade poll um this week um but anyway the the players in the poll this week were robert foster of the buffalo bills wide receiver variety robbie anderson from the new york jets Derek henry from the tennessee titans and mike williams of los angeles Chargers. so i was just gonna run down these players here and give uh a brief like say you know the one paragraph opinion on where i am from a dynasty perspective most i'll start with the one who won the trade poll this week and that's robert foster he is a difficult player to evaluate for me because he did basically absolutely nothing in college oh and before i get into it um everything that i'm well most of the things i'm using for research for this episode i actually posted on twitter if anyone wants to see the 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 pictures and the metrics i'm referring to you can you know search my timeline i hashtagged it foster week 
week. So hashtag Foster Week and you'll find um, everything I'm looking at to record this episode. Um, but yeah, Robert Foster was not productive in college. Like not e- not like he didn't do much. He basically didn't do anything. He played in college from 2014 to 2017 for Alabama. Um, his first year, he only played three games through his first two seasons. Um, he did sustain a pretty serious injury in his first season, um, and that accounts for some of it. But then he only played two games in the third season and nine games in his last season. So all of the production he had, what little there was of it, um, basically came in his last year. Um, but even then, he only got seven to seven percent of the team's receptions six percent of the team's receiving yards and four percent of the team's receiving touchdowns it wasn't a particularly prolific offense it it was most prolific in his first year 3,800 total receiving yards in his last year they dropped to 2,600 and actually dropped every year so it was a precipitous drop at Alabama uh, for how much they were actually throwing the ball Um, but that doesn't mean much for Foster he wasn't producing basically any of their receiving yards um, in any of his years even his last year so he wasn't unproductive in college he wasn't he had no productive he was he did nothing he did nothing in college I've barely seen um fewer productive wide receivers so the first player that comes to mind is um potential um for how could what's the path for this guy what's the archetype for this guy to become a regular fantasy football contributor um that comes to my mind is Tyree Kill he's the only other one that I can think of and certainly the only other one that I can think of that was that unproductive in college who has become a thing in fantasy. Um, Tyreek Hill's college career, however, was steepled with a variety of off-the-field problems, and that's a very, very, very nice way of putting it. Um, and that's why he was in and out of teams, different teams, and lower-level teams in Alabama as well um, for his entire college career and just didn't play. Robert Foster, on the other hand, was on a team and he did sustain an injury that it probably took time to recover from um, in one of his years. But even in his last, but he was on a team for four years um, and he wasn't injured for all of them and just was not able to make room on the depth chart. So this is not a very promising college profile. I did run their market share graphs um, uh, of all the wide receivers in the poll, actually. Just looks like a straight dead line, like close to the close to the x-axis there's nothing there so i'm not sure i can make a tyreek hill comparison for robert foster robert foster didn't struggle uh, again nice way of putting it to get on the field for, uh, like tyreek hill did there is some comparison people may want to make in that robert foster was still invited to the nfl combine mostly probably because he's an alabama player and um, but also because he ran a 441 um which is a 91st percentile according to playerprofiler.com 40 yard dash at 6 to 196 pounds that gave him 105 speed score for player profiler which also puts him in the 83rd percentile so there is some comparison to Hill there but none of his other workout metrics even come close to that he's um, in the 6th percentile for burst which combines all the jump jumpy things they do at the combine um, and he's in the 63rd percentile for agility which is like the cone drills um, and so he just he wasn't he is an athlete but he is not a Tyreek Hill leather athlete who didn't score below the 94th percentile in any of the things I just mentioned and even scored a 94th percentile in the catch radius the only the only downside he had was he's a little smaller 510 so he only scored in the uh, 69th percentile for a speed score but he's also was tracked as 
one of the fastest players to ever run for the NFL. Now, Tyreek Hill is also a good point on those metrics in that combine metrics don't tell us a lot about how that translates to the football field. Now, the good thing about Robert Foster is that we don't need so much of that because this isn't just a blank rookie prospect in that we've already seen him play and catch 100-yard games. I think three out of the last four games he's had 100 yards. So his speed's translating to the NFL. So the question becomes, what's his situation? Um, and how is he producing these numbers? Random comment, but don't you notice that quad- bad quarterbacks tend to make bad wide receivers relevant for a little period of time? Just, just a thought there. I haven't run the numbers on that, but it's a pattern I see pretty often, or I, I think I've seen pretty often. So what's his tar- so what's his role? In terms of target share, he's played second fiddle to Zay Jones since week eight, and for the season, he has he's never been the wide receiver one in target share. Um, he's getting below average for the wide receiver position for wide receivers getting four targets or more every week since week eight. So he's breaking big plays. That alone tells us that. Um, we didn't need to see his speed. Uh, to understand what type of player he was for the Buffalo Bills. The same is true for Whopper, even though the um, Whopper is weighted opportunity uh, rate, rating. Yeah, It basically uh, adjusts target share by air yards because not all targets are created equally, right? So um, it's an airyards.com metric, and, and even in that metric with Robert Foster getting higher dot targets and getting deep down the field big play um, type plays, um, Zay Jones has actually been leading the team in Whopper, so even air yards don't make Robert Foster look like the wide receiver one of the Buffalo Bills this year. And again, he hasn't even approached the the average for wide receivers getting four targets a game um, in any given week uh, in this season. He's been below average even in Whopper. Um, now, one positive is that his racer by depth of target on ayard.com, which is a graph they they make for you if you just put, plug in the player and ask for certain metrics, um, is above average. He's getting most of his targets over 20 yards down the field, actually. Um, and everywhere over 15 yards down the field, um, his racer, so uh, receiving receiving receiver air conversion ratio is what racer stands for and it's basically how well they're turning their air yards into receiving yards and he's above average um everywhere on the field over 15 yards and so he's performing pretty well but it's also important to note that deeper targets are easier to be efficient on because they're such efficient targets in terms of how many yards you get for how many targets it's always going to look more efficient and he's only had 31 targets this year again according to ayards.com is what i'm pulling that stat for it straight from his catch rates at about 55 percent the league average is 68 percent he has caught two touchdowns and he's got an a dot of 24 which is huge over a decent sample size, the A dot's going to drop to around 13 or 14, even if he remained a um, down the field player. But I think the efficiency is going to fall with it, or at least keep in line. So I think in a bigger sample size, uh, Robert Foster will not be catching 100 yard gains, even in this small glimpse of what he can do. He's looking more like Deontay Thompson last year um, than. Tyreek Hill or, or even Deshaun Jack. Deep ball player, best ball player, maybe, but I'm really just not interested in him in a dynasty perspective. I would sell for anything, like third round pick, fourth round pick, if it was throwing him into a trade to get someone else I'm more interested in. Like, I don't want to dismiss the player or what he's done over the last four games. He has produced in the NFL for four games straight, so I'm not going to dismiss that entirely. But mostly as a dynasty aspect, I think this is gonna this is gonna disappear. 
Um, uh, but, you know, I, I've been wrong before. Um, all right, so moving on, Robbie Anderson is also a similar type of player. I will say that his market share, he, um, he, he played for one, two, three, four, five years in college, or at least I have five years of data. Three of them are absolute zero, and I think he was injured in his 21-year-old season. I think he was injured because there's no market share data for him. But the two seasons he did play, age 20 and 22, are right on the average for successful wide receivers. That's not great, but it's positive. And to put numbers on that, he had 26.4% of this team's market share at age 20 and 30.9% of his team's market share at age 22. Production is... Uh, all right, fine. Uh, kind of level. I'm more interested in Robbie Anderson. He's also got a bigger sample size of being this efficient downfield threat for the New York Jets when he's on the field. Now, the, yeah, um, Robbie Anderson has led the team over the last three weeks weeks in Whopper and is in fact at least 20% over the average for wide receivers of four targets or more in those last three weeks. So since he's come back and earned his job back after their week 11 bye, he has been the, the wide receiver one for his team, unlike Robert Foster. So I'm a lot more interested in Robbie Anderson. I, I might trade a second round pick for him if I need that kind of player on my team, um, but he's not someone I'm looking to trade away like I would Robert Foster. Derek Henry, I talked about Derek Henry at length, unfortunately. Um, I I didn't mean to talk about him that long, but on the Open Bar podcast, if you go check that out, you should be listening to the Open Bar. It's a fantastic podcast. Um, the question for me isn't can he catch, and the question for me isn't you know where will he be or what role we have in the future. That's not. I, I don't like to play coach that way. The question for me is, is the last two games of Derrick Henry being good a sign that Tennessee have just been pig-headed and stubborn by not giving him opportunity or was he not getting an opportunity because he wasn't doing the types of things he did in the last two games in practice and in other games i'm going to take the larger sample size and believe that derrick henry isn't as good as he looked in the previous two games and so while i like derrick henry i don't think he's a top 24 running back which is probably going to put me below market price at this point in dynasty across the board he's probably still going to be useful here and there for fantasy i don't think he's a bad player i just don't think he's what he has been for the last two games i don't think that's going to be very uh happen very often listen to the open bar for my extended derrick henry day um mike williams is the other name on this list i've talked about him at length on this podcast actually if we zoom back uh, through previous episodes um i really like williams from a profile perspective he had 30.3 percent of his team's receiving yards at age 19 that is well above the average for successful wide receivers in the nfl then he got injured production drops to zero obviously because he was injured when he came back his production was below average and i thought that was a a sign that he was not the receiver he was beforehand we should never really um even if he's back to full health now which is looking like he is we should never forget that this guy has overcome a phenomenal injury even to get back on a field for college so you know fantastic for him but uh, i was low on him coming out i just thought the Chargers made a stupid a terrible mistake uh, drafting him, drafting him that high. Um, since then, he's had a whole bunch of other injuries. He's been behind Keenan Allen, which is still a problem, and he was looking like that was going to continue. This year, and not just because of the last game, he's shown specifically that he can he can not only still play, he looks to have rounded into the form that he was in at age 19. It looks like he's all the way back, and that makes me excited for him. The problem with him is he is behind Keenan Allen, and Tyrell Williams, I kid you not, 
I think is just as good a wide receiver as pretty much those two other guys. Maybe he's more of a two than a one, like Mike Williams and Keenan Allen can be, but Tyrell Williams is a seriously good player, and the Chargers have already made some signs that they value that. Uh, so Mike Williams is in a crowded depth chart. Keenan Allen is in no way injury prone and is a volume hug. He's a volume receiver, and I think the Chargers are going to keep giving him volume. Now, there is the potential for someone to move on or something to happen because good players tend to find opportunity. So I am definitely in the, uh, I lean towards the buyer's market, um, if I can put it that way, uh, for Mike Williams. But I don't know what I would give for him. I don't know what you would have to give for him. Looking at his ADP right now, he's ranked in December ADP for Dynasty League Football, just under Anthony Miller and just ahead of Rob Gronkowski at ADP 74. That's not a bad price. I think it's going to jump this offseason, um, and I don't know I'll be willing to pay it. If you are looking for a wide receiver to speculate on, I think you can pay a first-round pick for him, mid to late. I'd be comfortable with that. Um, but realize you're probably holding on for when that opportunity can open up in a more regular basis. So it's not someone you're trying to buy to start every game next season because we don't know that can happen this year. All right, so that's my, you know, uh, extended one-line takes for everyone we had in our poll this week. Um, I hope some of it's useful or something. <laughs> um, uh, thank. I, I want to take a moment to thank everyone that's listened to this podcast this season um, and last off season. I've really enjoyed doing it. Really enjoyed getting to know Jake more and also having him offer his own opinions in real time while I'm thinking through different players. I hope that's been useful or interesting or fun for other people as well. We're going to continue it. So we'll see you this off season talking about draft prospects. We'll see you this off season talking about the NFL draft, and we will see you next season talking about players on a week-to-week basis from two different perspectives I, I don't know what to say i've had a lot of fun hanging out at the crossroads i really hope you guys have too and we will see you just as soon as we can probably next week but maybe in january until then catch you next time at the dynasty crossroads i guess that's a little kitschy but we'll go with it thanks for checking us out guys and girls and we will talk to you again soon bye <laughs>
one, two, three, four, five years. I really like um, Mike Evans. I kid you not. One, two, three, four, five years.